Hey guys, welcome back. It's episode 11 of the Weeboo podcast. I want to start things off by saying I hope you guys noticed the change in our cover. We have a newly designed font and image for our podcast and we hope you guys enjoy it. Thanks to Chris for getting that done and if we make any new changes in the future, hopefully we either change up some intro music or add some new additions to that as well. Yeah, we definitely need to get like an art artist who could like draw us or something in anime format or something to add to our cover art that would be pretty sick so if you're listening to this podcast and you're an artist hit us up that'll be perfect for you know our cover art for spotify apple music or apple podcasts and everything really and i guess before we get into this week's topic i do want to say that we do have a discord channel now um chris i don't know if you wanted to give some info on that really quickly yeah definitely we set up a discord channel so that people can give us recommendations ask us questions really just have more interaction with the community so if you want to hit us up or if you have any suggestions in terms of what you want to hear on the podcast going forward then we have our discord now so you could join that and the link is in our bio so you could just click that and also i don't i didn't tell you yet but i actually set up a twitter for our podcast so you can now follow us at the Weeboo Pod. I think it's actually just Weeboo Pod, no the. So if you want to just follow us there, we'll be posting anime content there as well. Great. That sounds good. Thanks for sending that up. I can't wait to uh, see this Twitter page. I don't have a Twitter, but I guess I'm going to have to make one. I'm just spamming it with as many GIFs or GIFs as possible right now. That's all we need. So <laughs> I guess getting into it, today's episode, we're going to focus on maybe some of the items of anime culture Japanese culture that we think I don't know if you would say define a weeb define an otaku or just define someone who likes the Japanese culture but there are a lot of references in anime that they do reference real items and subjects in the real world and sometimes watching anime makes you want to go try these items or find these certain things um, in Japan and I think the culture and the travel to Japan has increased a lot in the recent years. And so today's episode, me and Chris just want to touch on some of those objects and items and really kind of bring out that discussion on what we think in anime is something that might go unnoticed in the show, but is a really interesting concept that a lot of people actually find interesting. Yeah, there's definitely a lot of Japanese culture references that you can find in anime. So we want to kind of you know, just spread the knowledge that we have and that we've seen just from anime as much as possible. And maybe, you know, encourage people to go to Japan and experience all that for themselves. But there is definitely a lot of weird things out of that as well (laughs) that might be more specific to the anime otaku audience more so than anyone else. But still a great part of Japanese culture. And yeah, I'm sure we'll have a lot of good conversations about those as well. Right, and going off some of those weird things, there are items that I don't know if you want to go to or, you know, publicly announce you're going to, but they are interesting places, and, you know, if you're into that sort of thing, go check them out. No judgment here. Yeah, we won't We won't judge. Just post on the Discord, though, and let us know that you went. Why don't we just start off with one of those weirder, weirder, weirder topics? Let's just get right into it. Let's jump right in, and let's start with the topic of maid cafes. So, Chris, tell me, have you been to a maid cafe before? I've been, I think, once or twice. I want to say twice. I went once 
when I visited alone, which sounds really sketchy, but I went with my friend's younger sister who likes maid cafes once. And then another time I went with a couple of my friends that I was visiting Japan without showing them around. And then they were interested in going. So I said, you know, it's an experience that you can only have in Japan. So as might as well, let's just all go. I, I'm guessing you've been before too, right? I have definitely been once. It was, I think, in my last two trips to go to Japan. Um, I really wanted to check it out. You know, you see these references in anime all the time, and you hear about it. And I said, why not? Why not check it out? Let's let's see what the hype is about. Did you have like a specific anime that influenced you to want to go to it? So I'm not a hundred percent sure, but I'm pretty sure. The, I saw Maid Cafe referenced in White Album from one of the school festivals. And I think this is the anime where the main character, the MC, dresses, has to dress up as a maid as, along with everyone else. And they effectively are doing this for their school festival. And students are there buying coffee, buying some snacks. And I think that was one of the references where I where first was like, what is this Maid Cafe topic? And that's when I really looked into it and thought, and found how interesting this concept was. When you went with on the your two trips ago on your trip to Japan, did you go with a group of friends or did you just go like by yourself? I went with two friends. Um, both of them are females, and it was a really interesting experience because I was the one who had to do all the talking and affect essentially make. The choice of which maid I wanted, but it was a really interesting experience. Um, I did get a cup of coffee, and it was nice. It was relaxing. It was an interesting experience overall. What about you? So I, I went once with my friend's younger sister, and I went with my two friends. So it, it was a completely different experience because one was when I went with my friends, they don't speak Japanese, so kind of similar to you, where I had to make all the decisions for them. And then the other time was more so. Like she enjoyed it more, so I was just there to like hang out because I was alone in Japan and didn't really have anything better to do with my life. The first time when I went with my friend's sister, it was way more enjoyable because she completely knew what to do slash make the ambiance or experience way better better by like responding to what the maids were doing or the activities that were provided. So th- that time it was a lot more fun than. The second time around, because I felt there's a sense of like awkwardness that comes with it if you're not used to the crowd or the environment, and that's kind of what we were, <laughs> because I, it was just three dudes just in in a maid cafe, first experience for two of them, and we all just weren't sure well, like what to do. That's funny, and yeah, I think definitely for anyone who's new to this concept or curious about it, it is an interesting environment, and do keep an open mind if you go. Um, I will go with the intention of maybe just getting a cup of coffee, getting a dessert. But it's a funny, fun experience. Go take a photo, you know. Go, I don't know, whatever, whatever floats your boat. But um, it's I would a fun say experience. though, the maids or the workers that works at these cafes do a really good job of keeping you engaged. Whether you speak Japanese or not, they kind of give you an experience that's that's very engaging, and you have to kind of reciprocate. And talk or like participate in the activities, which makes the experience good for first timers or people that come on a regular. It doesn't really matter because 
these people are pros and they are very well trained at what they do and it's honestly a, an experience that i think people should try even if they don't think they'll like it when they go to japan definitely agree with you there it's a fun experience and did you actually get a card like a stamp card when you went yeah i got a stamp card and i got a picture did you get a picture they we got I like did a... get a picture i'm pretty sure you have to pay for the picture but you know it's one of those things where it's you're there for the experience it's like why not yeah i got a polaroid picture i think yes mine was also a polaroid picture that polaroid picture though i don't know if it was the same for you but it was it's kind of a weird experience because you had to pick who to take the polaroid picture with and it's like i don't know i felt weird having to pick someone <laughs> It is definitely weird having to make a choice like that for a photo. And, you know, it's one of those weird parts of the Japanese culture that I don't know. It's not frowned upon. It's just something that I guess a for foreigner might come across as an odd event. It's just such a Japanese thing. I, I don't know how else to put it, but I don't see this like maid cafe culture translating almost anywhere else it's just works in japan for whatever reason and maybe that you know we'll talk about this later on with some of these other topics that we have listed because um i think japanese people just have this like sense of like enjoyment that comes from supporting certain things or like showing their love for like a fandom for for example and maybe the and that's kind of the reason why the otaku like name or experience or I don't even know what it's called, but I guess the title of otaku comes from because you become so supportive of something or you become a fan of something and then you, and then you become an otaku of that. And that's just how it is in Japanese culture. So it, it is very interesting, but kind of going back, uh, I was going to say that the anime that actually kind of convinced me to go to a maid cafe was actually steins gate because of um fairies fairy i don't know how to say it in english favorish the girl with the pink hair yes 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 she's like an idol idol type yeah and then it's interesting because steins gate takes place in a in a town called akihabara and basically akihabara is like electronics town or it was an electronics town that got kind of overrun by this like moe culture which is like anime made cafes idols etc and it's it's a weird like mishmash of the two but that's just what they're known for now and have you been to akihabara before or have you tried to kind of experience all that the moe culture kind of has to offer (laughs) I've been to Akihabara. I have not gone to experience that type of culture, Um, but I do know exactly what you're talking about. And I think that is where I went to go to the maid cafe. Yeah, that's the same place I went to the for the maid cafe as well. And also some some of these other things that kind of come with it. Like I think idol culture is kind of ingrained in Akihabara as well. Cosplaying also, right, because of how I don't want to say weave like, but how ingrained anime culture is into that town. So you'll you'll see people cosplaying pretty regularly, and that's also why there's like maid cafes, right? That is in itself a cosplay. So just kind of going off of that, have you kind of seen or do you like cosplaying, or do you want have you ever part- participated in cosplaying, or do you enjoy it just like from the outside looking in, like appreciate kind of the 
the art behind it. So I have not cosplayed or gone to a cosplaying event, but I do know a lot of friends who, who do go to those Comic-Cons, like to go to those events and dress up. And I think it's a very interesting culture. It's a unique community, and it's always interesting to kind of see the different types of choices people make for that year or what the popular references are to for anime. I mean, of course, you're always going to have your big name anime. You're going to have references to those, but it's always interesting to see maybe what's the more popular anime of the year. And that's, I think, what the interesting thing of those events are. Especially in Japan, I think when you see people cosplaying, it's not really a thought of why is this person dressing up? It's just kind of, oh, there's someone doing cosplay. But in America, I think it's regarded in a different type of connotation where someone could be doing cosplay and someone who's not referenced or versed in the anime or Japanese culture might think, what is this person doing? It's not Halloween. Yeah, definitely. Because if you're walking around Japan, it's very normal and kind of going back to Akihabara topic. But if you walk around Akihabara, it's everywhere. Every single day of the week or every single day of the year, you'll see someone cosplaying there. So it's it's very normal and but like you said in America it's it's just it's I don't want to say frowned upon but it's kind of that where it's not very widely accepted but at the same time it's kind of made its way into a lot of different things and I don't know if you've kind of seen this as well but cosplaying has kind of come along to like the U.S. Western side with gaming as well for example like with Zelda you'll see people cosplaying like Link and Zelda and Ganondorf and all these other ca- characters that kind of come with it. And cosplaying has kind of gone outside of like the anime realm a bit, I would say in the Western side. So it's kind of nice to see that there's that this culture is kind of spreading to different things because I do think cosplaying is an art that I enjoy just because it, th- there's a lot of work that goes behind it. And I, I don't know like how long it really takes to put these costumes together, but I'm, I'm assuming it will take hours and hours and hours. So when you see a good cosplay and it's almost like enjoyable, it's almost right. like entertainment. Some of them yeah. are very intricate. Like the detail that someone puts into it is very intricate. And actually you can go walk around Little Tokyo and almost see cosplay almost every, every weekend now. Yeah, right. It's not just at Anime Expo or Comic Con or... Right. And, and I guess that's a good point that it's not really... Uh, restricted to just anime references there are many references to other cartoons um, both american uh, other asian cartoons or even like you said super smash brothers nintendo film films and games mario etc yeah right and really cosplaying is just the extreme version of what people used to do back in the day when they were wore costumes for like some of their favorite characters on halloween right but this has become not restricted to a holiday anymore. It's more for the enjoyment of meeting other people who share similar uh, tendencies. And actually, for the Demon Slayer movie, I heard a lot of people cosplayed to go watch the movie. I saw so many Tanjiro cosplays on top of... I think I saw one Zenitsu and I saw one Rengoku, which is kind of impressive. And, you know, but at the same time, like, we, because of that, like, you know, we've kind of stand out. But I respect it, to be honest with you. I, I, I personally wouldn't be able to do it because I'm one of those like shadow weaves, you know, who doesn't really like show themselves to the public. But I, I wish I could sometimes. And it's it's pretty respectable that they're able to do this. Definitely, definitely give people props to that. And 
I'm definitely giving my props and congratulations to everyone who does cosplay and, you know, puts a lot of effort into it and really makes a lot of effort to kind of show their interest in anime or any type of uh, type of cosplay and I think it really helps grow the community and I don't I don't think there's any negatives associated with it or should be yeah I 100% agree that cosplaying has 100% grown the anime community and maybe it's just one of those things where if you do it together you just grow closer to one another and yeah it's it's very important that some there is something like that in within the anime community that spreads the love of anime and also just you know just maybe just make people more aware of cosplaying in general because it's kind of like i said bled into other categories besides anime like gaming and all these other things but but yeah would you ever cosplay or is, is it just something you would never do i don't think it's something i would do i'm personally more of a shy person in terms of that type of material but i'm not opposed to going to a comic-con or an anime expo and to kind of just explore and see that type of side yeah i really want to go to the next anime expo i don't know when that is because of, of covid but it would definitely be interesting to see kind of all the new cosplays that come out of it i'm guessing if it is this year at the back end of this year it'll be flooded with chainsaw man cosplays or juice kaisen cosplays or maybe even demon slayer because the second season is coming out but just seeing you know, what anime is in, what people like, the characters that they like based on their cosplaying. That's something that would be really interesting to see at the back end of the year. Yeah, definitely agree with you there. And maybe we'll take a trip down to the next one. Yeah, definitely. Just going back to some of the other, I guess, cultural things that come out of anime. One thing I wanted to touch on was kind of the dating culture that kind of comes out of it. Because Japanese dating culture, in my opinion, is completely different from U.S. dating culture. It's it's so different that, like, I have a hard time processing it because I was born here. But at the same time, I totally understand what they're going through. But have you ever watched any anime that's kind of made you either made, either made you wish you were a part of that dating culture or, like, made you think these Japanese people are, are hella crazy and I don't know what they're doing? Wait, what what part what specific part of the dating culture? I think there's a lot of things that there's like a difference in. So even just like how dating starts, right? In the US, like you go on a date with people and then you eventually ask them to be their your girlfriend or boyfriend and then you get in a relationship and then that's when it kind of starts. But to get to that relationship starting point, it's like what, four to six, four to eight weeks or something, because you have to go through the dating phase or whatever. But in the Japanese dating culture, it's like, hey, I'm going to leave this note in your shoebox saying I like you. Would you will you be my girlfriend or boyfriend right off the bat? And then you start dating. Right. So there's like there's anime like that or there's anime like Naruto where they don't even say anything until the end of the show. and <laughs> They get together at the end of the show. But I would say definitely in like Japanese dating culture, it's more upfront about I want I, I like you. So can we get in a relationship, whether the other person likes them or not, rather than like the U.S. being like, you know, you tread the waters for like four to eight weeks and then see how it goes kind of thing. All right. Definitely. I think that is an interesting point you brought up about how, you know, dating starts. And 
I would say a lot of slice of life romance scenes start off with someone confessing their love um, and just going for it, right? They're just shooting their shot. And maybe that's the fearless part of the Japanese dating culture. And, and not to say people in America and maybe Western culture don't do the same and just go for it and shoot their shot. But the way it's done uh, typically in anime and, you know, actually, in like you're saying, in Japan in general is really to just express your feelings off the bat and see if they're accepted or not which is a very different concept yeah definitely and there's i think a lot of different kind of ways that you could do that in anime so we've seen like the leave the note in the shoebox method that i just talked about we've seen the i call you to the top of the high school and i confess my love to you at at the roof of the the building or we see the I'll wait for you outside of the gate and I'll confess my love in, in the middle of these the cherry blossoms falling above us. <laughs> and there's a lot of different ways that it's kind of executed. But have you ever kind of wanted to be a part of that or were you always, ever like or always like Japanese dating culture is not it. I don't, I, I'm not going to do this like high school confess on the first day of school kind of thing. <laughs> Uh, truthfully it would almost be easier to have that that way because i've grown up in the western culture i do like the idea of getting to know someone before uh, just going for it but i do think it's really cute and i think there's nothing wrong with the way um it's portrayed in anime and if that if someone wants to go that route why not i mean everyone does what they want to do and whatever feels right for them, I'm not one to say anything. I'm, it's not like I'm a dating expert over here. But I think it's enjoyable. I think it's a unique experience. I don't see any anything wrong with that. Would you? No, I don't think it's there's anything wrong with it. And to be honest, like I, I saw these different methods that these people use, right, to start a relationship and animate as I was growing up. And I was like hey, maybe this will work in the U.S. So I was just like, you know, I'm just going to do it. I'm going to do it once and then see what happens. Yeah, it didn't, it didn't go out, go go too well. So uh, I don't know if it translates well in, in the U.S. market. So if you're listening to this podcast and you're thinking about confessing to someone, yeah, don't don't use the strategies that anime give you, gives you because you might you might ruin your, your shot here. I'm but, sorry to hear that. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you live and you learn, right? <laughs> <laughs> though i think there's a difference if you shoot your shot after you're friends with someone and the reason i say that is because i'm thinking of this scene because i recently rewatched fma brotherhood where edward aldrich gives his note at the end before he jumps on the scene i don't know if you remember this one but he confesses to winry at the end of the show before jumping on the scene as a, a very uh cringy confession where he writes something like about equivalent exchange and he's like, ah, if you give me like half your life, I'll like give you half of mine or something like that. It's super cringy, but it's kind of cute. And I mean, they know each other at that point. And I think those are the scenes in anime that I kind of smile and look back on. Yeah, I think the usually in the animes, the ones that kind of start with a friendship or maybe they're just they like each other to begin with, but they're aren't very open about it it usually ends up pretty well 
um, no spoilers or if you if you don't want to get spoiled on certain things then just skip this part of the podcast but like Hinata and Naruto they've kind of you know they didn't really confess to their feelings at the start of the, the show and then it kind of developed into something even something like Mighty Ro- Romantic Comedy at the end of the show he does confess to one of them I don't think you've watched it so I don't want to say the name but he does confess to one of the the girls and that's something that came from their friendship throughout the entire show and there's other shows like that even something like clan ad right nagisa and tomia aren't necessarily lovers right off the bat or they're not in a relationship right off the bat they're friends first and they kind of develop their friendship amongst the other friends as well before they get into a relationship so there there are instances where they kind of go from friendship to relationship but that jump for like Japanese and anime culture is completely different from the U.S. where for the U.S. like that period of being friends is almost like you're dating but in the Japan you're just friends and then all of a sudden there's this cutoff point where you're just like you know what f it I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna take my shot if it goes well then we'll be in a relationship the next day if it doesn't go well then who knows what happens right and, and what do you think of now that we're talking about j- dating and like Japanese culture of dating what do you think about the Valentine's Day theme that's portrayed very heavily in a lot of slice of life? And right, kind right. of the difference between that in Japan versus America. So when I first saw this in in anime, I actually thought it was the anime messed up or something and they were incorrect because I wasn't sure how the Japanese culture for Valentine's Day was, but to kind of give background to the people that don't know what Valentine's Day is like in Japan, usually in the U.S., right, the guy would kind of buy chocolates or flowers or a gift for the female, and you either, you know, tell them you like them or you're already in a relationship and you tell them a happy Valentine's Day or whatever. But in Japan, it's a completely opposite way around because the girls make or buy chocolate and give it out to the guys that they like, or, you know, they could give it out to their friends if if they feel bad for them or something. And on another day called a white day, the guys will reciprocate or provide chocolate to the girls that they are interested in or like. So when I first saw this in anime, I was just like, okay, they like totally botched Valentine's Day because this is incorrect, one. And the guy should totally be giving chocolate. But later on, probably a year after I saw this, I found out that in Japanese culture that it's the complete other way around. Right. And in, in Western culture, it's more typically flowers and a card on Valentine's Day from the male perspective given to the female. Right, right. So it's really interesting you say that because I actually didn't know that there was a white day. I mean, it's never portrayed in anime. Usually the crux of an episode is who is getting whose chocolate and uh, are they going to accept it or not. And usually those OP slice of life main characters usually get multiple chocolates from multiple people. And I always think that's a funny concept and just a funny episode in general. Yeah. And it's portrayed in a lot of shonen too. So I think if you're watching a shonen for like the fighting you might not understand what's happening. And that's one of the reasons I wanted to touch on this. Yeah, it's really interesting. And to be honest, I kind of wish I was in that system where the girls gave us chocolate rather than us giving right, something this is to one the of girls. Those, right, right. This is one of those times that I think I am on the Japanese 
culture side of of this topic. It's totally because would, we're dudes, though. <laughs> I would love it. Yeah, because the interesting thing is White Day comes after Valentine's Day. So if you're a guy that gets a chocolate from X, Y, and Z girl, you you already know who likes you. So on White Day, you basically have an advantage of either, you know, reciprocating your feelings to that one girl that gave you chocolate. Or if you got no no chocolate, then suck, suck, then you got to take a shot. But or or you try to you kind of narrow it down between the X amount of girls that gave you chocolate on Valentine's Day, which is really interesting. I thought it would have been fun to be a VN, but, you know, things didn't work out that way. Right. And and I know you haven't watched this anime, and maybe this is a spoiler alert, but for everyone who wants to see a funny scene, go watch The Irregular at Magic High School. The best scene of season two was Valentine's Day. Season two was terrible as an anime. I'm sorry. I have to say it. I loved season one, but the best scene of that season two, even though it's a shonen, was the Valentine's Day scene. Not going to give any more spoilers there, but that scene is hilarious. Yeah, I think it is it is funny that Valentine's Day is almost like a race for how many how much chocolate you can collect and who you get it from. But kind of going off of the dating culture, there's a pretty I don't controversial might be the right word, but the pretty controversial show that came out about a year ago and I think during COVID I told you I was reading the manga straight for a month or so and there it's a show called rent a girlfriend and i don't know what it is about japanese people but it might be they use a system to kind of fool other people or they might use a system because they want that sense of comfortingness or like comfort and it kind of goes with like valentine's day for example like if you feel lonely like you go rent a girlfriend or rent a boyfriend because you didn't get any chocolate or whatever and I just want to get your thoughts on what you think about this because one, I think it could be looked down upon in terms of Japanese culture or maybe two, people see this as a benefit and want to go to Japan for, I don't know. So I guess in the same, in the sense of renting a girlfriend, it would be like in the Western culture, how people pay almost like models to act in music videos and that type of scene. Except that in the Japanese culture, it's more like renting someone for the entire day. Yeah, exactly. I think it's a really weird concept. I don't know if I agree with it because it's so foreign to me. And I don't know if I would ever do it. But then again, I didn't go to school in Japan. I haven't grown up there or lived there. And I don't know, maybe that's that's what people do when they need a significant other in the non, like, just that standard way where they need someone to act like a girlfriend or boyfriend for for a day or two it's a strange concept i don't think i'll ever come to the west because again this is something that's so japanese and kind of goes back to some of these other cultural things like maid cafes or idol culture but i i do think that there is i don't even know what it is if it's just comfort or just having someone to talk to that that's good for Japanese people who are more passive and might be more introverted. But at the same time, some people use these systems to, you know, tell their parents they're dating someone to make sure they're not worried about anything or take someone to a wedding, take, I don't know, but basically come for other people around them that they're not alone as well. So 
maybe it's just something that comes with Japanese culture, kind of putting up a facade that you're you're doing well and you don't need other people's help or you know that you're just thriving in your situation and that's what i think is kind of at the stem of this like rent a girlfriend rent a boyfriend system because you're not getting anything out of it besides the fact that you get to spend a day with them and maybe you keep in contact via text message like the day before days before days after so right and and i think that's a good really good point you brought up about you know, family and making them th- believe that you're doing okay. Because in, in the Asian culture, and I would say this goes outside of Japan as well, um, the parents do expect their child, whether male or female, to usually end up in a relationship at some point in their young adulthood. And if you don't have that significant other, sometimes you get questioned and it's just that nagging that you don't want to have to deal with. So that might be the yeah. one use case where I could see, you know, this rented girlfriend or boyfriend system have some benefit. Yeah, there's always those situations too, right? Where girls or guys kind of lie to their friends saying, oh yeah, I'm in a relationship too, just to kind of fit into what everyone else's situation is. So if you're in a friend group that has all people in a relationship, maybe you lie to them saying, oh, I finally found a relationship because there was just that amount of pressure and maybe you use this rental girlfriend, rental boyfriend system to fake that you have a girlfriend or boyfriend that one day. I don't, I don't know, but I do think there's, there are some use cases, definitely. But it does kind of go back to this Japanese facade of looking put together or trying to be, trying to look like you're, you've accomplished something or something like that. But yeah, there are some other weird services that you could rent from Japan. Like there is services like you could rent someone to cuddle with for a day which is really weird but i don't know if we want, if we want to get into that <laughs> yeah maybe we'll leave that one for a different day was there anything else that you've seen in anime that's kind of just made you want to experience something in japan or if you wanted to or if you just thought it was kind of absurd or there's many topics that i want to touch on but one that i think has grown in popularity recently is a lot of the way food is portrayed in anime. And I know this is a very long and extensive topic, but the popularity of Food Wars or Shokugeki no Soma has really taken off. And it's really a shonen, but it does focus on food. And there's a lot of food anime out there that have surprisingly a pretty big following. And just to name another, there's like a restaurant in another another dimension or another world. It's an isekai. But effectively, essentially, the premise is just random people from another world coming to eat at a restaurant because the food is good. And all conflicts are resolved when you walk through the restaurant door because everyone just wants to eat a good meal. And I think the way food is portrayed in anime just really is salivating. And some of the items that are portrayed in anime make you want to go get that item because the art in anime has gone so far, is gone so far and it's so beautiful now that... You can see some type of item in anime and want to recreate it or want to go try it. And one of these is the souffle pancake, right? I think nowadays everyone, when they go to Japan, wants to try this pancake. And in anime, it's always presented as some super fluffy, almost like a dessert type of meal. So I think that's a really interesting topic. And I just wanted to hear your thoughts on maybe some of the items 
you think that anime portrays really well or maybe some type of dessert that you think has gotten bigger in Japan because of the recent increase in in the usage in anime and maybe just the anime scene in general there's definitely a lot of food that comes with anime right and you did name the most obvious choice in terms of food being highlighted in shokugeki which kind of goes beyond just japanese food because they have other cuisines that are a part of it but one thing i I definitely want to say is that japanese people take food so seriously i don't know what it is but some something about the art behind it something about the camaraderie and the friendships that you build eating together or going out to izakaya or going out to a bar and drinking whatever it may be there is a high emphasis and on food and the culture and the experience that comes with it and that's definitely translated like you said to anime a lot but i would say with anime specifically it is more of like the cutesy harajuku kind of experience in terms of food outside of shokugeki and some of these other more adult oriented or adult targeted anime so there's like crepes souffle pancakes like you said parfaits stuff like that that's definitely been propelled to the front because of anime but i definitely would say that there's a lot of food out there that I've personally wanted to just experience in Japan because of some just what, like seeing it in a show. And that could be a full on meal, like something that Shokugeki has to offer. But it's also some of these like snacks that they reference. So even, like in Steins Gate, for example, like they don't have like food, but then they'll they'll have snacks at the <laughs> at the lab where they all eat. So it's kind of enticed me to like want to eat some of these snacks that they have to offer. So yeah, there's definitely a lot that's that's going on with food, but um, I'm sure it's it's definitely convinced a lot of people to go to Japan as a result. Right, and I think one of the interesting things I wanted to hear your take on that isn't as popular in America is pudding. Because oh, man. I always think it always seems like anime references pudding as a snack, and just to name a few right i'm talking psyche k i'm talking um march comes in like a lion right it's it's a very highly referenced snack and and what is it about pudding in japan to give background i think pudding in japan so if i say pudding to an american they think of like the jello pudding and when when the japanese say pudding and this is what i kind of grew up with because i didn't really eat the jello pudding i always just ate the pudding that's Japanese people ate and it's more like a flan right it's more of a dessert rather than a like a snack or I don't know what the jello pudding really is is it a breakfast or is it a snack I'm not really sure I don't know what American pudding would classify as but it's definitely not a flan and uh i think it is a very different texture and it's something i liked as a kid but as i've gotten older it is pretty sweet i i haven't bought jello pudding in a long time yeah i haven't bought it either because i i definitely ate the japanese pudding way more than i even ate the jello pudding but going back to your point so i love pudding and this it's funny that you bring this up because i recently had my girlfriend try japanese pudding and she told me was so bad because it wasn't the pudding she thought it was but 
<laughs> and this was like two days ago or something. She was like, this isn't the jello pudding. Like this is just flan. And she, she didn't like that. It wasn't that sweet and whatnot. But if you go to Japan, like pudding is everywhere. It's in convenience stores. It comes on top of parfaits. It comes on top of crepes. There's also that stuffed animal. I forgot what it's called, but it's, it's based off of pudding. <laughs> it's literally everywhere. And when, personally, when I go to Japan, I eat pudding a lot. And I don't know what it is about, like, about pudding, but there is just something that's so enjoyable slash comforting with it. Maybe that's just because I grew up with it. But it's always made it like as a, as a joke, like, like you said, in like Psyche K. At the end of the day, I always, whenever I'm in Japan, I'm traveling, I, I'll keep it in my fridge from the night before after I buy it, buy it from the convenience store. And then I'll go out, you know, go, go hiking or go roam around the city, do everything that I really want to do for the day. And then I'm like super tired and I come home and then this pudding is like waiting for me. And it's like my reward for the end of the day. And I, I don't know if a lot of Japanese people do this too, but I do know a good amount of people that do this. So I don't know something about it. <laughs> it's just, it's just really appetizing. That, that's funny. I, yeah, I think the pudding scenes are just some of the most hilarious scenes in anime. I even think there's a pudding scene in Steins Gate now that I'm thinking about it. But there might be. There's, there's pudding scenes literally everywhere. And it's it, it almost seems like the go-to Japanese dessert or snack when you need something convenient. So if you want to go to like the convenience store to pick it up. But there's also pudding in Japan that's very high-end, I would say. Like comes in glass jars. It's more of a, an, an experience you have to wait for. So you have to wait in line. So yeah. It definitely varies a lot. That's so interesting that that the culture difference of the term pudding. It it's one of those things I guess doesn't necessarily translate. Yeah, cuz I wouldn't necessarily say, you know, Japanese pudding is necessarily pudding either. I I don't really know what pudding is at this point because <laughs> the two things are so completely different, but yeah, they're both good for what it is. All right. Well, thanks for that insight. I think that a lot of people would find that very interesting. And hopefully that at least gives some background as to why pudding is so popular in a lot of these anime shows. Yeah, it's really funny. I, I don't know if a lot of people will be able to find it, but there are a lot of bakeries, whether it be Japanese or Korean or, or Chinese, that kind of offer the Japanese style pudding. I don't know if it's technically Japanese style, but what Japanese people would consider as pudding. So if you have any bakeries nearby that are of Asian descent, you know, you should try it. It's you might not like it like my girlfriend, but you might like it in the end. Okay. I guess uh let me ask you now, is there any other topics that you wanted to kind of touch on while we're in in this kind of trend of culture differences? I think one thing, and I don't know if you've kind of seen it. I, I'm sure you have to some degree from the shonen you've watched or the isekais you watch. But there's a, I wouldn't say work. Maybe it is work culture, but it's like that politeness you have to have towards your superiors or your senpais. And the kindness you have to have towards your, I don't know what they are, the kohais, so the people below you. But have you ever kind of looked at that and thought it was very strange because I don't think we necessarily have this divide in the U.S. There there are some instances for sure where there is a divide between, you know, the people above you, the people below you. But for Japanese people, for whatever reason it is, it's like if you're a day older 
you're a senpai. If you're a day younger, you're a kohai. And there's this like clean cut line of like, you're treated completely differently because of just the day that you were born or the day that you started at your job. And also, I, I think in like shonen more so, it's it's seen kind of in the like teacher main character development so like how they are kind of interacting the respect you have to show to your teachers although some of them don't even show any respect like naruto and jiraiya i don't know if naruto respects jiraiya but other shows there is that like respect you have to show to them i want to get your take on it because i kind of grew up in japanese culture so that's kind of been ingrained in me where it's not weird but i could see other people saying that it's a bit strange yeah so definitely in western culture there's no there's no divide between age you're all co-workers you're all on the same team in japan we do deal actually with a lot of asia customers in my line of work and i definitely hear that those conversations going on about you know in those initial conversations how old are you when did you start working etc and it's really that fill out who's older here who's supposed to call who and who's supposed to have the right i don't know what the correct term is in japanese but the, the san or the the kohite i guess meaning at the end of the name yeah because it's it's very clear right even in like sports anime i'm sure major or diamond or ace that you've watched for baseball something like haikyuu too there is very there's very much a clear way you treat the people above you and the, the way the people above you treat you it's very evident in a lot of these shows for sure but I don't know if a lot of people just look at it and are like, why the hell would you do that? Or like, why do you even talk to these people like that? Yeah, I think that's, a, it is an interesting topic. And it's one that I guess people don't, wouldn't know unless they worked with Japanese customers or worked in Japan or watched anime. So I think it's definitely very interesting to see that. And there are definitely times where I think the entire idea of kind of the whole last name, first name basis on how you talk to someone is that I think that's a very interesting kind of dynamic that goes on there. Where you really call someone by their last name until you really know them or unless they become your girlfriend or boyfriend and kind of touching back on that, you know, dating culture difference. That's one of those scenes usually is like, call me XXX instead. Do you apply any of that to like your work or? So I reference all my Japanese customers by their last name, followed by San. And I think that's just the general dynamic that goes on there. I think I definitely use it incorrectly at times. But that's just kind of the, my, my attempt at politeness. I think especially in these like sports shows, you see it pretty often. There are you know exceptions for sure but do you think if you were in that position you would have kind of enjoyed it because i think there is a aspect of it that is enjoyable but there is this kind of hierarchy that lies within japanese culture and japanese war culture especially if you go to like corporate you know japan that exists and you know people might not like as well but maybe in school it's not as bad i don't know i think there's a sign of respect that goes on and i think the first or second time or maybe the first time that and that you hear that it does make you feel a little bit more respected like someone took the time to care and and try and respect that there's a difference here where in western culture people can come across more crudely and direct because there is no division between 
upper older and and younger uh, workers well i've i've kind of been in your your same shoes right where i've worked with japanese people outside of you know not not just sports or something like that where i actually worked in that setting and there are aspects of it that's enjoyable and but there are other aspects that are just not that enjoyable but in school it, it it's funny because all these people that are the senpai or like the third year athlete always gets i don't know the popularity kind of where <laughs> they get the girls they get they get the you know ability to start for their team stuff like that and it would have been weird to kind of be in that situation where it's so clear that people like look up to you especially when you're only like 16 or 17 or whatever that age is yeah i guess that's just one of those main differences that you know i don't think this one's going away it's not like one culture is going to change suddenly it's just the inherent difference in the cultures yeah it's just so different and this is kind of going on a tangent but would you have wanted to experience the japanese school culture growing up because it's kind of seen in a lot of different aspects like Naruto or some of these other shonens kind of have a tw- their own twist on it because they're not necessarily going through school, right? But they, they are still in like a, it, like a ninja school setting. But some of these other slice of lives actually kind of demonstrate to you how high school and middle school are like in Japan. Did you ever want to kind of experience that? You know, I think one of the interesting things about the Japanese school culture is almost the routineness of it. At least from what I'm aware of, and this goes outside of anime to some of the drama, Japanese dramas, everything is so routine that I do feel like there'd be more of a sense of normalcy in going to school in Japan. And by that, I mean wearing a uniform, getting to class on time, having a homeroom, um, which is something that we don't do a lot of in Western culture that I think would have been a nice take. So some of those things I I would enjoy. Other things, I do like the freedom of maybe the Western style where, you know, you choose the classes you want to take. You don't really have assigned uh, classes per se. You don't have exams to get into college. Um, I mean, we do take SATs, ACTs, but we don't have this kind of national exam that really determines your future per se. And in that sense, I think it's much more stressful to go to school in the Japanese culture or, the, or that type of culture of growing up. And this might even go outside of Japan, right? I can't speak for Chinese culture, Korean culture, but I feel like in general, the uh, primary school education is much stricter um, in those countries compared to the Western society. Yeah, I think I would have liked Japanese like the Japanese high school, middle school experience for the experience, I would have probably hated it for all the testing that's involved with it. But kind of going back to when we were talking about maid cafes and when you were talking about white album, having that maid cafe scene, but there are those like festivals that come with Japanese schools or, you know, the fireworks in the summer or all the, all these other events, maybe just like joining a club. Like you see in some of these other animes, like my team romantic comedy, they have their own club even clan ad right they have their acting club stuff like that where you there is a system for you to kind of just you know hang out slash get to know your peers i think it is pretty interesting and there are a lot of just activities that you could kind of be a part of and i wish i had the chance to kind of go through that as well because i see a lot on you know anime and even dramas and whatnot so 
kind of going off that topic just of wanting to kind of experience something via anime is there an anime that you've watched whether it be recently or it could be like a long time ago where it's kind of influenced you to either want to go to japan or like you personally went out of your way to kind of experience it so that could be something like a hot springs or you wanted to go to this x location because you saw it in this anime or you want to experience like i don't know the fish market because you saw it in an anime something like that but is, is there anything that you've done in japan when you're visiting that you've done purely because of something you saw on tv yeah so actually there's a couple that i'm thinking about um one of them i want to reference maybe to start off is when i watched um makoto shinkai's film your name or kimi no nawa for those who know the japanese name a lot of the images that were drawn in that film actually reference real scenes in japan and having watched the anime and that movie and the quality and kind of falling in love with the with that work when i went to japan by myself i really wanted to see if i could kind of immerse myself in that type of scenery and actually the 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 lake in your name is lake suwa in nagano prefecture in japan and i actually tried to go there but i went in the winter and i couldn't get there uh, but I did go to the Nagano Prefecture specifically because I watched Kimi no Nawa and I wanted to, you know, try and put myself in the position of those characters. So that was one of the more recent times where I actually went to Japan with the intention of trying to find a scene in the movie. I think there's a lot of people like that, though. Not, you know, Nagano specifically, but a lot of people watch your name and they try to find that staircase at the end of the movie. And they take pictures there or they try to find certain parts of the movie because your name and these other other movies that Makoto Shinkai did, your name, Weathering With You, um, Garden Wars, they're, they're very unique in that the scenes from the movie are almost exact replicas of what Tokyo is. And they are definitely like the few movies where I watch it and I'm just like, oh God, I miss Japan because of this location and this thing I ate there or this thing I did at this spot because it's so good at capturing that scenery. But it's kind of cool to hear that you actually went to Nagano because of your name because um, I think when I watched it, I wanted to go there because I, I love the movie so much. But I didn't, I didn't do it because um, I wasn't sure like what I would do there <laughs> in the end. But, <laughs> right, right. Um, are there cool. any are there any scenes or places in Japan that you visited because of maybe something in an anime? I don't know if there's anything. Well, there are definitely places that I've visited because of anime, like Steins Gate, for example. The way they kind of create the setting for Akihabara made me want to go to Akihabara. So that was really the first time I went to Akihabara after I watched Steins Gate. And this is after I've been to Japan for... I don't even know, maybe like 10 times already because I watched anime, I watched Steins Gate kind of late. But that was definitely one instance where I was like, okay, I want to go to this location because of this movie. But it it is interesting for me because kind of going back to Your Name, Weathering With You points, they're, they're both shows that I've, that makes me want to go to Japan, not necessarily to experience something that's in the movie but because I can see things that I did in those movies. So 
there's numerous scenes for I think weathering with you where they're in like the heart of Shinjuku or Shibuya and I'm just like damn dude I, I really want to go back because I wanted to go to this shop that I used to go to or because I wanted to go to go shopping here or eat this food and there's very low movies that make me want to do that but I have definitely seen a lot of the scenery that's created in both of those movies along with Garden of Words because I've kind of wanted to just like spot them as as I was like walk, walking through Tokyo too. Right. And it's funny that you say walking through Tokyo because I think one thing that I've noticed in anime is they actually keep a lot of the uh, train station names the same as the real life station. Yeah, yeah. And I found that interesting because in most anime, it's usually some word that's close to the original but it's not exactly the same. But in a lot of shows, the train stations do exist. Those directions do exist. And I found that kind of interesting to see in anime. And I would say the anime portrayal of the train station is actually, and like maybe to be more specific, should be a crossing. Those are uh, places in anime that it kind of makes you want to go try it out in Japan. Like you can't go to Japan and not try the train station. Whether or not you enjoy it or not, whether you like being crammed or not is a different story, but I would say the anime portrayal where everyone has a lot of room, you know, listening to music in some type of scene is something that is portrayed very well in anime. For sure that your name and weathering what dude does the best, I think, at doing these because like their train scenes are are so perfect almost. <laughs> but yeah, I, I definitely think that there's there's just this like desire to want to go to Japan that comes with watching those two movies. But kind of going back to doing something because of anime, not necessarily go this this is not necessarily going to a place, but I think I've mentioned this on on a show before, but when I was a kid, I used to watch a show called Prince of Tennis, and that was literally the sole reason why I started playing tennis. And I played tennis since I was like 7 years old, so I'm I'm like 27 almost, so I've been playing tennis for 20 years of my life purely because of an anime which is kind of crazy to think about so there are instances like that (laughs) that's funny i mean i'm sure just like yourself there are many people who are drawing inspiration off of anime and you know that's why anime is, is so great i think anyone can find reason or meaning in any type of show yeah i think there's a few shows definitely that that's kind of made me want to do something so I haven't done this yet, but and maybe maybe this is something that I need your help on. But I watched a show called Yudu Camp, and that it made me really want to go camping. But I don't know how to go camping, so <laughs> I haven't done it yet. But <laughs> there are instances like that where I was like, I really want to do this thing that they're doing in the show, even though I might not like it or whatever, because they're just doing it, and that might affect people in a positive way, or it might affect people in a negative way. I don't know, but it definitely may drive someone to try something new because of something they just saw in anime which is kind of cool to think about and whether that be you're doing an activity or you do you're going to japan for the first time because you watched anime like you know props to you for trying and like going out of your way to do something because going to like japan by yourself is, isn't necessarily an easy thing to do and going to you know going to learn how to camp for the first time by yourself isn't necessarily an easy thing for you to do too it sounds like we have to go try camping, but it sounds like we should do it in Japan. 
Yeah, we, we gotta get, get the full experience. We gotta go to near Mount Fuji, and then <laughs> this is just how it plays out in anime. Go near Mount Fuji, bring bring curry or ramen, and then just eat it by by the side. <laughs> just enjoy the view. All right, we're gonna put that on the bucket list. That sounds like something we're gonna have to do, and something that's gonna be really entertaining, I think, because I actually did go see Fuji recently, and it's it's beautiful. I'd love to camp there. Not in the winter, but I'd love to camp there. Yeah, definitely like it. It's funny because I actually think in the show they camp in the winter, which is funny. But uh, it's because the camping grounds are are uh, less crowded in the winter time, so they just do it in the winter. Kind of going off of your Fuji point, I, I've ne- I've never climbed Mount Fuji either, so I really want to go go climb it one day. I definitely need to get in better shape than now because you know COVID just destroyed my conditioning. But maybe that's that's the goal: go camping plus climb Fuji. All right, we're going to have to go do that. Let's go visit it. <laughs> we'll have a podcast recording from the top of Fuji. <laughs> that will be episode uh, episode 100. <laughs> episode 100. If we, if, we, if we make it to 100. Post-COVID and once every all the gates open for foreigners to come. I guess uh, in closing statements, do you think um, as a writer, a lot of these anime uh, writers and manga artists are always thinking about these places that they're referencing or do you think there is some you know real dependence on actually they're just drawing and putting something down an image in their head they're not really correlating it to a real place in life but it's the anime fans in the community who are kind of digging in deep and and finding references that may not have actually existed but they actually fit perfectly i don't know if in all cases it's intentional but i definitely think that there is a lot of inspiration that comes from Japanese either culture or locations that they kind of grew up going to. So I'm, I'm referencing Steins Gate a lot because I, re- I recently rewatched this. But with Steins Gate, like they, the way that they set up the entire kind of setting for Akihabara and all the different locations and buildings and the culture, like it's set up so well that you have to kind of go out of your way to do the research to see how Akihabara really is. And there are other shows like that, not necessarily as blatant as Steins Gate in terms of being like, oh, this this story takes place in Akihabara and, and this building is at this location at Akihabara, so I got to do that. But there are definitely a lot of anime out there, I think, that kind of use a lot of inspiration from a lot of these locations, like we saw with Kimi no Nawa, like where Taha usually was or where she lived and where she grew up like that's not a necessarily a real town in Japan but it's based on like Nagano right so it there is a lot of different inspiration that kind of comes from you know real world things and i do think anime writers or like manga writers kind of i don't know if they intentionally do this but they definitely incorporate a lot of these like different cultural aspects and a lot of these aspects and people can either relate to it the otakus will find where exactly that is, and the weebos will go visit visit it from the U.S. Honestly, I am not opposed to that. I'm perfectly fine with the way it's been playing out. And honestly, if people keep finding these places in real life, I'm happy to go visit. Yeah, definitely. Because there's like shows, right? Like Nagi, for example, like Nagi no Asakata. Like the location is so beautiful. I kind of just want to, or the setting of the show is so beautiful. I want to know what that's based off of. I just kind of want to go there. <laughs> yeah. Does that harbor exist? I don't know. Does the, does that ocean exist? It'd be fun to find out. 
yeah it makes me kind of want to either visit it or just like live in it because it's the way anime portrays certain things is is either really remarkable or beautiful or you know it's just done really well nowadays because the art is just next level yeah completely agree with you there the art has just been getting better and better and it just really makes you want to go visit japan that's my honest opinion that's why there's so many weaves out there right (laughs) yeah this all these people just want to go to japan there's definitely a lot of people you know visiting i do think you know pre-covid right before covid hit i almost felt like japan was the hot location for people to go to on vacation where i don't know if that's effective anime or if that's just japanese culture or what what really did it but it it did feel like japan was like the hot location for vacation yeah, I can't agree with you more there. It's definitely it was definitely trending up before the pandemic hit. And it's unfortunate that we can't go visit today. Yeah, I mean the Olympics are gonna start in Tokyo soon, so maybe that comes, you know, that propels the visits again post COVID and yeah, we'll see how that goes. But I definitely don't see the traction kind of stopping in terms of people wanting to go there or, you know, the influence that anime has on individuals because of all the culture and location references that it has within it right and i guess it's gonna be fun then for this upcoming tokyo 2021 games (laughs) i'm looking forward to it i hope everyone watches and kind of wishes that they could go to japan to watch and maybe in the next year or so we'll be back to where we were before the pandemic and japan will be continue being a fun place to visit a fun place to try and see new things and you know looking forward to that day definitely need to go see the cherry blossoms i haven't done that yet and that's in anime all the time (laughs) i definitely have also not done that and something that's definitely on my bucket list and we should definitely go uh in the right. time frame so all right so our goal here at the end of this podcast is camp at fuji climb fuji see the cherry blossoms good good goals well thanks for the comments today is there anything you have in a closing or no i think that's it i just hope that you know people either visit japan or just appreciate kind of the cult- cultural aspects that come out out of it from anime because there's just a lot of different things that are referenced in anime so yeah that's about it yeah and there's a lot of things we missed today if you guys have something you want us to touch on talk about research on let us know we can always do a follow-up podcast we can always answer some questions maybe we'll know the answers maybe we not but we do have a real japanese person who hosts this show and (laughs) we can always ask him i'll just try my best to represent the entire japanese population (laughs) all right thanks everyone for listening See you guys next time. All right. Peace out, weeboos.